Hello, this is Dr. Zeus with the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. On Friday, I was unable to really pay tribute to the woman who would have been 100 years old. It would have been a miracle if she had lived that long. She was an icon. Kids, as kids, we knew her. We knew her as Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. That's how we knew her. And then as you get older, you learn about A Star is Born, and then you learn about the Harvey Girls, and you learn about her television show. (sighs) She wasn't a tragic figure. I don't think she was. Her daughters have often said she wasn't a tragic figure. She could be funny, according to good friend Elaine Stritch. Um, In fact, we'll play that. And I'm talking about Judy Garland. Judy Garland born Francis Ethel Gum on uh, June 10th, 1922, and died June 22nd, 1969. Um, yeah. And so I want to, I, I can't play any of the music, of course, because it's, it's legendary. Um, but this is the late... I love Delane Stritch. This is Elaine Stritch talking about... Okay. All right, no. Is Going it... Right along. <laughs> I'm looking for it. You know how when you look for things and... Um... Oh, okay, I think I know where it is. But it, it, it took another diva, Elaine Stritch, to humanize Judy Garland because people often write her as this tragic figure and she really wasn't. She really wasn't. She had a tough life, yes. But she was not a tragic figure. Okay? I think if we if we stopped um, seeing her in that way and just look at what an extraordinary um She's extraordinary. So let's see if I can find it. I'm I'm recording. I mean, you you think of the the. There are some iconic moments. There's Judy singing with Barbara Streisand. In that aspect, Barbara has lived to tell the tale and said she she felt Judy's hand trembling. Because she knew, Judy Judy knew she was passing the torch to Barbara. Because she believed in Barbara. And um, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's and, and it's Pride Week, so come on, let's go. Uh, oh yes, let's go. I got an Happy, happy pride. I'm looking. Okay, let's look. Is it this one? Overtime. Where's I'm looking. Thanks to George Abbott. I flipped over Rock Hudson. Okay. To supper after the show. Let's see. Cast list. And I'm going to age left. Sit. I was uh, detained in the parking lot. I'm exactly looking. when this was, but... 
that it was the first time I had ever made my own travel plans. Gilgood told me. Is this one? I'm looking. Burst into tears. Can't find it. So we're going to go into... Oh, God. Oh, shit. See what happens? Well, life happens. Life happens. And, um... Okay, is this... Okay, go to the archive. My stories are... I love that you have stories archive. Yeah. All right. Um... Ah, oh, Lane. I love the Lane. Lane Stretch. Here we go. This is... Uh, I love this. Th- this really solidifies Judy Garland as a person. Okay. So let's... Let's cue it up. Let's cue it up. This is Lane Stretch talking about Miss Judy Garland. She said to me one night... It was her closing night at the palace, and there was a big party, a big celebration, and Judy Garland and I were still at it at 8 o'clock in the morning, when she rose to her full height in that orange sequin sheath with the slit up the side, her comeback dress, I called it. She loved that. And she put her hand out to me, and she said, Elaine, I never thought I'd say this, but good night. <laughs> that's that's the late stretch talking about um Judy Garland and in humanizing her because she was really a funny person. Her daughters have all said that how Judy Garland's humor should really dark sense of humor, wicked. I believe it. And um her daughters would say, Mama, how come people don't know this side of you? She says, It's okay, they don't need to know that side of me. Because it was reserved only for family. And I've said this before that I think Liza compensates that. Because, you know, Liza, Liza's all over the place. And it's like, oh, okay, all right, all right. Um, Google Fi, a phone plan by Google. You know, w- when you talk to Liza, I mean, people people put a pot of coffee on. Here we go. Welcome back to London. Thank you very much, Trevor. It's nice to be here. I believe you had a bit of a job landing, didn't you? Well, the fog closed in uh, around the airport. It wasn't anyone's fault. We wound up in Manchester, and I've been there before. It's a nice town. And it's last time I'm back in London, and that's important. Now, I Could Go On Singing is your first British film, isn't it? Yes, it is. How do you enjoy working in this country? I enjoy it very much. Very much. I like making films here. I like working here. I like living here. And Dirk Bogart is a very personal friend of yours, as well as your co-star in the film, isn't he? Yes, it? yes. So this must have been a great help to you. Yes, that was one of the things that I was so disappointed about last night when we couldn't land, because I knew that he was uh, at the airport to to uh, greet me, and I, uh, was, uh, you know, he doesn't come out very often to do that. He's a tough guy, as a matter of fact. And uh, the fact that he would wait up that long to uh, greet me and uh, that we couldn't touch ground made me sad. Now, on this program a few nights ago, we had an interview with young Gregory Phillips, the British boy who plays your son. Yes, who has suddenly become 48 years old since I last saw He's grown up, He's enormous. He? When I left, you know, and it, we were doing the picture, he came to my nose. Come on, 
the Wizard of Oz? Well, uh, uh, we were... <laughs> we were... Oh, I love her. <laughs> I had to work with three very professional, very professional men, you know, Jack Haley and, and Bert Lahr and Ray Bolger. And they had so much makeup on, you know, then one was a tin man and one was a scarecrow and one was a cowardly lion. And they were so busy complaining about their makeups and each one was was uh, making bets as to which makeup was the most difficult. And they all gained weight all the way through the picture. You know, and they all pretended. They just, uh, but whenever we do that little dance up the yellow brick road. Yeah, I remember that. I was supposed to be with them. Yeah. You know. They crouched They'd shut me out. I, they'd close in and the three of them and I would be in back of them dancing. <laughs> and I was, and I, did, I wasn't, I wasn't good enough, you know, to say, wait a minute. Now, and so the director, Victor Fleming, who was a darling man, he was always up on a boom, would say, hold it, you three dirty hands, let that little girl in there. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I have the pleasure now of presenting a young, young fellow that you all know that received the Juvenile Award last year. And I know he's probably one of the most popular, well, he is, I think, the biggest box office name in our industry. And uh, I call him the year's 10 best actor, Mr. Mickey Rooney, ladies and gentlemen. Members of the Academy, ladies and gentlemen, honored guests. It's my privilege this year to present that award for the outstanding performance by a juvenile actress during the past year, Miss Judy Garland. So I played that because Judy didn't win a competitive Oscar. She'd been nominated, I think, for Judgment at Nuremberg and very famously for Star is Born. And what happened, and this unfortunately threw Judy into a very deep depression, according to biographers and, and I think the family, she didn't win... Everyone in Hollywood assumed she was going to win for A Star is Born. And Grace Kelly won for The Country Girl. So I want to play for you The Star is Born. There's an Oscar monologue. Okay. Star is Born directed by um, um, George Cukor. A great friend of Judy Garland's, a collaborator. They had worked on The Wizard of Oz together. He was one of many directors of that film. Three months is a long time. How was your trip? Not exactly the place of trip it used to be. Well, they want your pictures, Esther. That's all I kept hearing way across the country. Thanks. Look, would you mind stopping that for just a, sure, a minute? Excuse me. All right. Sure. Tough day? Well, no tougher than usual. Maybe you ought to get away after this one. New York or Europe? Just get completely away. What about that? <laughs> How's Norman? Is he all right? Yes, he's fine. Want some coffee? Thanks. Here. Sit down, Oliver. Tell me. Is he, uh... He's in the sanitarium. 
He really wants us to stop drinking, Oliver. He's trying very hard. I know he is. But... What... What is it? What is it that makes him want to destroy himself? You... You've known him longer than anyone else. Tell me what it is. Please, I don't care. Just tell me. Don't you think I've tried through the years to know why? To help him? I don't know, Esther. I don't know what the answer is. Well, I've got to find the answer. You don't know what it's like to watch somebody you love crumble away bit by bit, day by day, in front of your eyes, and stand there helpless. Love isn't enough. I, I thought it was. I thought I was the answer for Norman. But love isn't enough for him. And I'm, I'm afraid of what's beginning to happen within me because sometimes I hate him I hate his promises to stop and then the watching and waiting to see it begin again to go home to him at night listen to his lies well, my heart goes out to him because he tries. He does try. But I hate him for failing. I hate me, too. I hate me because I failed, too. I have. I don't know what's going to happen to us, Oliver. How much you love somebody? How do you live up the days? How? Would it would it help any if he went back to work? Oh, could you could you do? I'll try. <laughs> yeah, all right. I'll be, I'll be there in a minute. Yes, okay. Oliver, you, you will be careful when you talk to him, won't you? You know, all he's got left is his is his pride. <laughs> So that's what we call the monologue from um, Stars Born. And yes, Judy very famously sang The Man That Got Away in A Star Is Born. Yes, in 2019, Renee Zellweger played Judy Garland. I saw the movie, and to be frank and to be honest with you, that was not Judy Garland. Okay? 
The Judy Garland that we all knew started out as part of the Gum Sisters and became Judy Garland and became this... I mean, she didn't become an icon overnight, but she was always known as that little girl with the big voice. Okay. Uh, And um, I think everyone has tried to overanalyze Judy Garland. Yeah, she's a she's a gay icon. And um her death coincides with with um well not so much with uh Stone um I almost said Stonehenge. <laughs> I'm I'm tired. With um Stonewall riots. I mean it's right, you know. But um, I wanted to play some more clips. This is um, the Harvey Girls with Judy Garland and Angela Lansbury. Mrs. Walner, did you come here voluntarily? Did you report voluntarily to speak as a witness? Yes. Is it not true that the prosecution asked you to come here? That it was very disagreeable for you to come here? It is always very disagreeable to live over those times. That would be an agreement with the information I have that you did not want to come. Thank you, Mrs. Walner. Mrs. Walner! The Nuremberg laws were stated September 15, 1935. So this is Judgment at Nuremberg, and this is Maximilian Schell and um, talking to Judy Garland's character on the witness stand. Now, Rita Moreno ended up winning the Best Supporting Actress Oscar. She thought that Judy Garland was going to win because Judy Garland, even then, was such a big star. Every social contact? Yes. Were you aware that it might have some danger for you personally? Yes, I was aware of it. 
but how can you discard a friendship from day to day because of some... That is another question, Miss Walner. I did not ask you that question. Were you aware of it? Yes, I was aware. And yet you still continue to see each other? Yes. Remember, it was brought out at the tribunal that Mr. Pilstein bought you things. Candy and cigarettes. Yes. Remember that sometimes he bought you flowers? Yes, he bought me many things. That was because he was kind. He was the kindest man I ever knew. Do you know the witness, Mrs. Elterlink now? Yes, I know her. Was she a cleaning woman at the apartment you lived in? Yes. Did Mr. Feldstein come to see you at your apartment? Yes. How many times? I don't uh, remember. Several times? Yes. Many times? Many times. Did you kiss him? Yes, I kissed him. Was there more than one kiss? Yes. But it was not in the way you are trying to make it sound. He was like a father to me. He was more than a father. More than a father? Did you sit on his lap? Objection! Counsel is persecuting the witness in the pretext of gaining testimony. Objection overruled. The defense is being permitted to reenact what was a travesty of justice in the first place. Colonel Lawson, the tribunal makes the rulings in this case, not the prosecution. You may proceed. Did you sit on his lap? Yes, but there was nothing wrong or ugly about it. Did you sit on his lap? Yes, but... You sat on his lap! What else did you do? There was nothing that you were trying to say. There was nothing like that. What else did you do, Mrs. Wilder? What are you trying to do? Are you trying to... Why do you not let, let me speak the truth? That's what we want, Mrs. Wilder. The truth, the truth. You admitted that you continued to see him. You admitted that he came to your apartment. You admitted you kissed him? You admitted you sat on his lap? What else do you admit to? What else? Nothing. There was nothing like you were trying to make it sound. What else? There was nothing. Nothing. Stop it! Stop it! What else do you admit to, Mrs. Barlow? What else? Hello? Are we going to do this again? Your Honor, the stress the defendant has been under is so great that he is not aware. I am aware. And so for that performance, Judy Garland was nominated for the final time for Best Actress in a Supporting Role. Before that, she'd been nominated. She did so many films. I loved it when she did films with Gene Kelly. Come on. What are you doing up there? Well, I'm making an entrance 40, 50, a lot of times. What in the world is going on here? Oh, well, I'll tell you about it later. Well, I demand to know right here and now. Oh, well, this is none of your affair. Just go away. I will not go away, and you come down from that stage immediately. Come on, come on. 
Orville, I've got enough trouble. Don't you start in on me. I've only got two days to get up in this part. This is no time to argue. You're not in this show. You're not. I just told you, yes, I am. Well, I won't have it. I won't have a fiancé of mine working in a... a... Orville, if you don't stop this, you won't have a fiancé. So just sit down and be quiet. If you can't be quiet, leave. Now look here. All right. Go away. Go home. What do we do now? We'll rehearse that entrance. All right. So... That's Judy Garland and Gene Kelly in Summerstock from 1950. There's a lot of singing. Now, Judy not only was in movies, she was also on television, did albums. We'll talk about the albums in a bit. Here's an iconic moment from the Judy Garland show in 1963. You're so thrilling, so absolutely thrilling. I must say that we've got all your albums at home, you know. And you're so good that I... I hate you. <laughs> I really hate you. You're so good. Oh, Julie, that's that's so sweet of you. Thank you. You know, you're so great that I've been hating you for years. In fact, it's my ambition to be great enough to be hated by as many singers as you. Oh, well, that that's a nice thing for you to say. <laughs> I love it. Say more. Oh, I love you. I love you too, but. But don't stop hating me. I need the confidence. No, no, no. <laughs> and if you ever get a little, you know, a feeling of lack of security, call <laughs> me on the phone and sing a couple of notes to me, and I'll give you hatred like you've never gotten. Before. <laughs> That's good. See, I love you, pussycat. I, uh, I think that makes me happy. Let's try it. So, of course, they go into happy days. Are here again. They sing together. It is a legendary moment. It is a legendary performance. And like I said, if you talk to people, especially Barbara Streisand, who said that was that was Judy passing passing the torch, and she passed it to her. Because, you know, Barbara herself, she was a singer, she was an actress, she was on the stage. And so, and and she had a big voice, just like Judy Garland. So, that same decade, Judy Garland does these comeback shows. And she does Judy at Carnegie Hall. Okay? And they turned it into an album, a double album. And what happens? She didn't win the competitive Oscar, but she won a Grammy. She won two Grammys. She was the first woman ever to win Album of the Year. So, Taylor Swift, Lady Gaga. Oh, wait, Lady Gaga hasn't won yet. Never mind. Take note, Barbara. Barbara won it too. Um, but but Judy was the first. And, it, you know, it had everything somewhere over the rainbow. The man that got away. Now, and then it also had... You know, the trolley song. Um, We could talk about her singing um, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Even Margaret O'Brien was like how Judy kind of changed the words. But I figured since we're almost out of time, let's talk about the film 
that made Judy Garland a star. It made her, first and foremost, the biggest star in the world. And then it started airing on television. And to this day, we still regard it as this iconic film came out in 1939 okay 1939 I've always felt that that moment we'll go to it so the house is you know the house is twirling through the air and then what happens it lands thud and Judy Garland Dorothy Gale goes to the door this is this is the most iconic moment and she opens that door and what happens? I'm gonna let you listen to it. So everything is now in color. You go from black and white to Technicolor. There's Toto. I mean, this is this is it's a moment, and she was the first. Anymore. That is an iconic line. So iconic even still to this day. I mean the whole the whole film. I'm Dorothy Gale from Kansas. Oh. What is that image? Oh Toto? Toto's my dog. <laughs> I'm a little mother. The munchkins call me because a new witch has just dropped a house on the Wicked Witch of the East. And there's the house. And here you are. And that's all that's left of the Wicked Witch of the East. And so what the munchkins want to know is are you a good witch or a bad witch? But I've already told you, I'm not a witch at all. Witches are old and ugly. <laughs> what was that? The munchkins. They're laughing because I am a witch. Linda, the witch of the north. You are? Oh, I beg your pardon, but I've never heard of a beautiful witch before. Only bad witches are ugly. The munchkins are happy because you have freed them from the wicked witch of the east. Oh, but if you please, what are munchkins? The little people who live in this land, it's munchkin land. And you are their national heroine, my dear. It's all right. You may all... So, if you notice... 
she's she's got manners. I beg your pardon because she's playing a girl from Kansas. So, as I mean, it you know, based on Frank Baum's um novels, The Wizard of Oz. Here we go. What this is where Judy Garland and Margaret Hamilton come face to face once again. you said she was dead. That was her sister, the Wicked Witch of the East. This is the Wicked Witch of the West. She's worse than the other one. Who killed my sister? Who killed the Witch of the East? Was it you? No. No, it was an accident. I didn't mean to kill anybody. Well, my little pretty, I can cause accidents too. Aren't you forgetting the ruby slippers? Slippers. Yes. Slipper. They're gone. The ruby slippers. What have you done with them? Give them back to me or I'll... It's too late. There they are and there they'll stay. <gasps> Give me back my slippers. I'm the only one that knows how to use them. They're no use to you. Give them back to me. Give them back. Keep tight inside of them. Their magic must be very powerful, or she wouldn't want them so badly. You stay out of this, Glinda, or I'll fix you as well. Oh, rubbish. You have no power here. Be gone before somebody drops the house on you. Very well. I'll bide my time. And as for you, my fine lady, it's true, I can't attend you here and now as I'd like. But just try to stay out of my way. Just try. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog, too. So I played that because you got three legendary actresses in that one scene. You've got Billy Burke, who was in a lot of comedies during the 30s and musicals. She was the late wife. She was the wife of the late uh, Ziegfeld, Florence Ziegfeld, Judy Garland, and Margaret Hamilton. Margaret Hamilton, who was this really great character actress, and The Wizard of Oz really solidified her her acting ability. I mean, she was, she was a kindergarten teacher. She was newly divorced, but I thought, you know, let's end. It's always good to do the end. And, um, here we go. Wizard of Oz, 1939, Judy Garland. Wake up, honey. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. Lots of silly things when we... No, Aunt Em. This was a real, truly live place. And I remember that some of it wasn't very nice. But most of it was beautiful. But just the same, all I kept saying to everybody was, I want to go home. And they sent me home. <laughs> Doesn't anybody believe me? Of course we believe you, though. Oh, but anyway, Toto, we're home. Home. And this is my room. And you're all here. And I'm not going to leave here ever, ever again. Because I love you all. And, oh, Annie M., there's no place like home. And that's, uh, that's, uh, well, our, our tribute to Judy Garland. Um, legend, I mean, Oscar, Emmy, 
which he, well, Grammy, a hundred years, a hundred years. And so let's take a page from her family who, who want to tell people she was not a tragic figure. She was someone who experienced a lot of highs and a lot of lows and um, died very sadly in 1969, uh, two weeks after her birthday. She was 47 years old. And here we honor her on June 10th, which would have been her 100th birthday. She's still alive in our hearts. Our the films, the music, I, I mean, The Wizard of Oz, come on. And then, of course, you know, because Lady Gaga did A Star is Born, or Barbara Streisand did A Star is Born. And Lady Gaga did a beautiful tribute in her Star is Born to both Barbara and to Judy. So as always, unpleasant dreams. <laughs>